We're going to look, uh, start this year in Romans 12, actually Romans 11. The light on the dashboard that flashed before me was battery not charging. It was Thanksgiving Day, an absolutely beautiful day. I mean, pristine and cool. Uh, the view was for miles, and we were in the North Carolina mountains, heading to uh, my sister and brother-in-law's cabin outside of Waynesville uh, for a Thanksgiving meal with family. The car was filled with our family, uh, and we were enjoying the scenery, and man, is it gorgeous. Did you know how high it gets on the Blue Ridge Parkway? 6,053 feet. As we made our way past that milestone, I kept looking at that ominous signal that wouldn't go away. Battery, not charging. Well, by God's grace, everything seemed to be okay. We made it uh, to uh, our destination, uh, my brother-in-law's cabin. All seemed to go well. And I decided, well, it's time for me to do my diagnostics to see what is happening. Good news, I found out where you open up the hood, (laughs) opened it up. I did have a battery. I noticed that, yes, it was there. Good news. Uh, I looked at it. It seemed to be connected. It didn't seem to be corroded. All seemed good. Close up the uh, hood, say a little prayer, go eat lots of food, enjoy a little bit of walk, and even go back to the car and say, I better start it up just to make sure that everything's okay before the drive home tonight. Got in, boom, started right up, no problem, shut it off, spend the rest of the afternoon with family, celebrating the blessings that God has given to us. Then we pile in the car to make our way back. Uh, We were staying at Ridge Haven, which is the conference center for our denomination. And uh, we made our way back through some of the most beautiful highway. There's a road called 215. Maybe some of you have been on that beautiful road. It, it looked wonderful during the day. Uh, but at night with your light shining, battery not charging, it was a little bit different. Man. So we get in and, and I, I start to watch. I start to watch on that voltage meter. Uh, my battery slowly die. As we make our way through the Pisgah National Forest in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I, you know, the family should have known something's up because when dad's not talking, they should know something's not right. But I'm just kind of looking and I'm watching as my battery is going more and more toward being dead. As I was losing battery, things like things that seem rather important, like lights were dimming and not only starting to dim, I could tell the car was starting to run more and more rough. And I started to pray silently, Lord Jesus, may we find a place that you will provide that we could break down in the middle of nowhere and be remotely safe. And by God's grace, as the lights shut off and as the power of steering went away and the power brakes We're gone and the car absolutely dies. God in his goodness had carved out and maybe someone else did, but I'm telling you, God did it. uh, A little niche in the highway, a little bit of carve out where I could just coast the car into a stop 
in the middle of the Pisgah National Forest on the evening of Thanksgiving Day. You find out a lot about your family at times like that. You find out who are the bold ones and who are the screamers. You find out who's watched too many horror movies and what they think are in the mountains and in the uh, surrounding darkness around them. And then you also find out who has the best cell signal. I want you to know it's not AT&T. Don't take your cell phone up into AT&T. Expect any cell signal. Mine was useless. But we actually had to have some with Verizon. Pretty good coverage up there. And we're able to start calling for help on Thanksgiving evening. Really, it became comical uh, as we sat there in the dark um, with no power, uh, trying to describe to the nice lady on the phone, nice lady, where we actually were. Ma'am, I'm in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) As far as I know, I'm 15 miles north of Brevard, North Carolina, on a highway called 215. I'm not kidding you. I had to tell her that thing about 10 times in a row. Ma'am, I can't find you. (laughs) I'm in the middle of nowhere. Of course, you can't find me. It was certainly dark. It was certainly a little bit scary. And try to describe where are we. Let me ask you a question as we start today. If you had a spiritual battery and you were able to look at that, is your spiritual battery charging or is it dying? Are you being renewed or is life slowly ebbing away from you? Congress recently has spent uh, some hours together uh, right around the new year. Uh, They are trying to avert the fiscal cliff. And so for the next four weeks, uh, we're going to have a sermon series called Averting the Spiritual Cliff. And we're going to look to God's word to see, uh, are we being charged? Um, How are we living our lives? Uh, How do we monitor that? Uh, what What do we need to plug into Uh, Maybe what we need to unplug from that will be taking away life. So join me for the next four weeks, uh, right before our missions festival, for Jesus to come and and do a diagnostic test with all of us. I hope and pray that that through this time, uh, you'll find God amazingly present and good. That, That he, by the power of the gospel and his love and grace for you, will be able to open up the hood of your life and do a real, a real true test so that we could truly live. Let's look to God's word and let's see, let let him come and examine our hearts uh, before him and and do that diagnostic test for us. We're gonna look at Romans 12, uh, two verses in Romans 12. Romans 12 begins with a therefore, uh, and we wanna know what it's there for. And so we're gonna pick up one verse in chapter 11, the end of chapter 11, uh, to see what God has for us. But remember, uh, Paul wrote this a long time ago for a church in Rome, but because he wrote it in an amazing way by God's grace through the power of the Holy Spirit, I mean, this is a word that we can trust. It's living, it's active today, it's relevant for today. So whoever you are and however God got you here, he wants to speak to you through this amazing word. So let's read it together. I'll read it aloud. You can follow along uh, either on the screen or in your Bible. Romans 11, verse 36. For from him, Jesus, 
And through him, Jesus, and to him, Jesus, are all things. Again, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, who is your spiritual worship? Which is your spiritual worship? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let us pray. Oh, Father God. Because you love us enough to send your son to rescue us. I know that you love us enough to send your spirit into this room to speak through a broken sinner like me. And because of that love and that reality, I rejoice. Father, I confess I have nothing to say on my own that is worth listening to. But God, we need, because we are made in your image, to hear from the God who made us. We need to hear from the God who rescued us. We need to hear from the God who fills us. So Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus, Spirit of living God, come. Come in such a powerful way that we could hear your voice. Come as the light of the world again and shine into the darkness of our minds so that we could understand who we are and whose we are. God, we ask that that you would come in such a powerful way that that our hearts will, will not be shaped to conform to this world. But God, even today for your glory and for this church, that, that you would transform our hearts and our souls to be more like your son, our savior, Jesus. And that God, for your glory, and, and, and because all things are for you and through you and, and from you and, and to you, would, would you empower us to leave here plugged into your truth, living for your gospel and your glory so that we could tell your story through our very lives. Father, come. Come and receive glory. Give us joy and instruction, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Follow along in the bulletin if you want to with our, our, our outline. You'll see the first thing that God's word is calling us this year is unplugging ourselves. That this passage says to us that, that for us to live the life that God intends for us to live and that he has given to us through his son Jesus, that it begins with an unplugging of our very selves. I love what Paul's, what God's word says to us. It says, in light of God's mercy, in response to what God has done, a God who has given us all things from him and through him and to him, in light of what God has done, we have to respond to present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Let's unpack that for a minute. In light of God's mercy, because of God who's holy, because of a God who's eternal, because of a God who is, who would love us enough to make us in his own image. And even when we rebelled from him 
And even when we wanted to live our own lives and sin entered the world, this merciful father was so rich and deep in mercy that he would send his son to come and to find us. That he would send his son to come and rescue us. That he would send his son to come and give up his life for us. I mean, this God who, who's so rich in mercy, that he would let his own son, the, the only begotten one, the, the pure one, the holy one, the good one, that, that he would become our filth, our sin, so that we could become his righteousness. I mean, this, this God who's so rich in mercy, who, who always lives, leads with mercy and not judgment, whose love for us is never failing, who's not going to allow us to remain absent from his family and from his presence. This God who is rich in mercy, who would empty out everything he has so that we will be his. This God who is so rich in that mercy is saying now in response to that mercy that we receive from God in Christ Jesus, we must respond. There's got to be a response. And that response is present our bodies, present our lives as a living and holy sacrifice. Here's really good news. We don't have to come into a holy God's presence carrying a goat or a sheep that we have to slaughter for our sins as a sacrifice for him to love us. He already does love us in Christ Jesus. The sacrifice of his son was sufficient. So now in return, we don't have to provide a, a sacrifice of sin that we kill. We give him our very lives. He says, this is your acceptable form of worship. I mean, he says this in, in the, the original. The right response to what God has done is to respond by giving your life and giving your life as a living and holy sacrifice by unplugging your own old self and plugging in to the life of Christ, plugging into what Christ has given to us. You know, when Jesus came in light of God's mercy, when Jesus came, he came to make us, you ready for this? New. He came to make us alive. Jesus didn't come to earth just so that our lives will have a little bit of facelift, so our lives will be a little better, a little lighter, a little purer. He didn't come so that we could have a little bit of a makeup uh, to our jobs or, or just a little bit of filling in the gap. I mean, Jesus came to make all things new. I mean, he came for a complete metamorphosis of who we are. The word, the Greek word that we see here, it says that we should be transformed is the word where we get metamorphosis from. And Jesus says, listen, I've come. I've come to make you completely new. I've come to give you a new nature and a, and a new life. Scripture tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that, that by nature, when we're born, we have a nature that's in rebellion to God. We have a nature that can do no good in holy God's sight. We have a nature that's dead in trespasses and sin. A nature that has to die before we can truly live. You see, Jesus came to come on the cross and to take that, that nature, that sinful, depraved self, and to nail it to the cross. Not just to make it better, not just to clean it up, but to give us 
absolutely brand new life. That's why scripture says that we are new creations in Christ. The old self has been crucified with Christ. So our life now, ready for this, this is unbelievable. Put your seatbelts on. This is unbelievable. So the life now that we live is the life of Christ in us. It's so much so, it's such a radical change that God is saying, I'm going to take your old nature and kill it on the cross, and I'm going to give you new nature, new life, but this new life is not yours. Listen, the life that I give, God gives us in Christ Jesus, is the very resurrected life of the second person of the Trinity. It's Jesus's holy life living through us. When he says, I've come to give life and life abundantly, he wasn't saying, I'm trying to make your life a little better. He's saying, I'm going to give you true life and life abundantly because I will share my very life through you and give it to you. What an amazing good news that he didn't come just to make it a little bit better, a little bit brighter, and a little bit pure. He came for radical change. To say, I got to start over. Colossians 3 says this. Paul says it this way. Um, He says in Colossians 1, 1 through 5. If then you have been raised with Christ and in Christ's resurrection, he counts us as being raised from the dead. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things on the earth. Look at verse 3. For you have died with Christ. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. The way God sees us as his children is that Christ's life is the life inside of us. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, unplug, therefore, whatever is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You see, the call that God has for us in light of his mercy and the mercy of giving us new life in him is that we are to unplug the old life, unplug our old selves and plug into the life of Christ. What you need to know with all of us is this. It is worthless to try to plug your old life into Christ to try to get a little bit better. When I came home uh, from a few days away, the cable box wasn't working. What's the one thing that always cures the cable box? They always say, you always do this first. Unplug it. Have you unplugged the cable box? Well, you know, you had to get back there to get to the cable box. I unplugged the cable box and somehow it slipped out of my fingers And that plug went into that abyss of wires. You know I'm talking about back there when you don't know what in the world it all goes to and it's all going everywhere. And now, oh my, how do I find that plug? I mean, these fingers, you know, nimble, don't don't really do real well. It's dark back there. I'm groping around. I got Allie to help me. We got a flashlight. Where's the plug? There it is. It's great. Plug it in. It was the wrong plug. (laughs) Didn't fit. And my motto is, if it doesn't fit, force it. (laughs) It didn't fit. I had to go back and look for a new one that did fit. 
It's amazing the change in technologies these days, isn't it? I mean, can you, can you imagine trying to hook up your old components to the new stuff that's out there to play? I mean, the wiring's completely different. I mean, nowadays, you don't even need it for the most part. I mean, I, I could take my phone and play it on this little device, wireless, Bluetooth, they call it. Here's my point. See, that old nature that we have is so messed up in its sinful wiring that we had to be created new. They, they, listen, the only way for us to fit with a holy God is for his son to come and rewire us and make us new creatures in Christ Jesus. The only way we could ever be plugged in is to be made new. And if you're here and you're, you're here starting the year and you wanna get a little better and you, you wanna do things differently and maybe lose a few pounds and be a nicer person, give more, those are good things. But this is not what God's calling you to. You see, God doesn't call us to a higher moral standard. He calls us to a brand new life. And he, listen, he calls us to a new life that we're not trying to earn, but by God's grace, we receive in Christ Jesus. That that, that life is now in us. The plug fits. It fits with a holy God. And he calls us to unplug our old worthless lives. We must die to self and live for Christ. Christ's life through us. That's this call. Let Christ's life shine through you. Present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God. Unplug yourself and let Christ reign. Second thing is this. Unplug the world. You know, when that battery was dying, and I realized the battery was dying, and I'm watching that thing go. I mean, what's the first thing you do? I mean, we got everything plugged in. I mean, right? I mean, how many, how many jacks do you have in a car now, especially an SUV, to plug in everybody's stuff? I mean, everybody's stuff needs to be plugged in. So the first thing you do is like, hey, whoa, 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 we got to unplug everything. I mean, this is draining us. We got to make sure we're unplugging from the, a negative source or what, that's taking away our battery. And what God is saying to us is this, is don't be conformed to this world unplug yourself from this world. What this is calling us to do is to be countercultural. This is the only way for us to live a life that's sacrificial. The only way for us to be transformed. Do we get it? The only way for us to do in obedience to God what he's called us to do and live a life that's being transformed, live a life filled with Christ, is for us to live lives that are countercultural that go against the flow, unplugging the world. Let me ask you a question. I'd like you to write it down. I'd like you to think about it all week. You can't answer it right now. I mean, I've been wrestling with all week. What do you need to unplug from, not to conform to the world? What do you need to unplug from? I mean, we see uh, Christianity trying to figure that out. You got the Amish who unplug from everything. I don't think God's calling us to unplug from electricity and buttons. But I think he is clearly calling us to be completely countercultural in the way we live for his glory. What do we unplug? And I want to give you this thought. We unplug everything. Listen, we unplug everything that feeds the old self. We unplug anything that is a part of the old nature. We unplug anything that is not giving us a charged battery in Christ Jesus. It needs to be unplugged. This is the way Paul says it in Romans. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's basically saying, plug in Jesus because he's your life 
and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. Make not one provision. Don't put one plug in that which is going to satisfy your sinful flesh. Unplug it. Plug it into Christ. What are you plugged into that's providing provisions to the flesh? Your old self. This is hard. I'm not, I'm not telling you, that. this is hard. This is where I spent this week. God, what are you calling me to unplug? Because I love the world. Love being connected. Love being plugged in. What are you calling me to unplug? Let me ask you this question. Are you going to be more like Christ this time next year? Or are you going to be more entrenched in the world? Are you going to be more like him? If he tarries and doesn't come back and you're still here? Or are you going to be more entrenched in the world? What do you need to unplug? Thirdly and lastly, plugging into the gospel. Unplugging from the world, plugging into the gospel. It says, be transformed. This is a metamorphosis. Be transformed, plugged into the gospel. Plug into the good news, remember, of what God has done for us. This isn't plugging into something that we do for ourselves. This isn't something we do that's moral or right to try to earn God's favor. We plug into the life that has been graciously given to us in Christ Jesus. Paul says it this way in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. I was there. My sins were there. They hung there. He became my sin. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's being plugged into the gospel. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by God's grace and faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He's saying the life that we now live, we live in Christ. We started with this verse. It's all for him. It's all through him. It's all to him. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The lives that we live now are to and through and for our great God's glory. How do we do it? I'm going to give you a few things uh, to consider of what we need to do to be plugged into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Start with this, plugging into Christ. Plugging into Christ. By God's grace through faith. Placing your hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, which I know many of you have done. But I mean really plugging into Christ. This is what it means. That you are now resting in his work. And when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, he really paid the penalty for your sins. This week I I had to meet with a a woman broken by the sin of adultery and broken by a lost marriage and a, a struggling marriage and and through tears, she, she just was weeping and saying, I just, I just hate the shame. I'm just bearing the shame. I'm just living with the shame. And sin, that's what it does. I mean, it just it so mars us. I want to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You, 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 you're, not, you're not bearing the shame alone. Are, are you, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. You believe in the cross? Yes. Are you kidding me? Your shame hung on that cross in public with Jesus naked to be covered and paid for so that your life story isn't adulterous. Your life story can be child of the living God, forgiven. Amazing grace. Being plugged into Christ Jesus is just, is just by God's grace, understanding our standing is with him. 
His righteousness, our righteousness. His perfection has been given to us. The Father is pleased with us. We're his beloved in Christ Jesus. That's ridiculously good news, being plugged in to Christ and resting in him. Being plugged into the Holy Spirit. Being plugged into the Holy Spirit, asking God's, uh, the third person of the Trinity to come into your life and to shine, to open up God's word, to open up your understanding, to be your comforter to have the gospel make sense, to give you the power of God to live above sin for his glory, being empowered by the Spirit, demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Letting the Holy Spirit just wash us continually and say, God, come with your power. Being plugged into God's word. I mean, really, being plugged into the Gospels, we're plugged into the story, and we're being plugged into the Word of God, and the Word of God made flesh, and, and, and Jesus, and plugged into God's Word. What is your plan for God's Word this year? I bet you most of you have a plan for your health this year. I bet you most of you have a plan for exercise. I bet you many have a plan for diet. I bet you many have a plan for your business. Uh, what is your plan to, with God's Word? I mean, he's given us this holy active word and, and, uh, to guide us and to, to remind us of how amazingly he loves and how incredibly he forgives. What's your plan to, to get into it? And this year, I'm going to follow Robert Murray McShane's plan again. Uh, he lived in the 1800s as a Scottish minister. He died at age 29. Uh, man, did God use him in 29 years. And as I read through his program, and I've done it before, uh, by God's grace, if I do it, uh, I'll read through the whole Bible once, the New Testament twice, and the Psalms twice. And you know, if I do it, God's not going to love me more than he does now. And if I fail, he's not going to love me less. And I might blow it. There's been years I've blown it. There's been years I've made it. But I want to have a plan. I want to be able to sit with God's word, read it first. I want to have his uh, book open, expect him to say something to me that's worthy to writing down. I want to chew on it, digest it, and beg the Spirit of God to apply it to my life. There's 31 Proverbs. There's 31 days in most months. Uh, you can read through the Gospels. I mean, your plan doesn't have to be my plan. If you want to read through plan, we have them for you in the foyer. But what's your plan to be plugged into God's Word? I know you're going to be busy. I know there'll be other things. Be plugged into Christ. Be plugged into the Spirit. Be plugged into God's Word. Be plugged into the Bride of Christ. God has created you uh, to be a part of his story, of his family. Um, he wants to be, have you be a, a, a tangible part of the bride of Christ. So what does that mean? Don't date the church. Marry her this year. If you're here and you're, you're with us, we thank you. But listen, God's calling you to stand up before him and take some vows that you will commit to your gifts for his glory here. Place yourself under the authority of the church. That's the God's authority that he's given us. Yes, we're a mess like you. Yes, we're sinners. But this is supposed to be a, in obedience to him. So let me challenge you. You don't have to join this church, but find a Bible-preaching church that will point to Jesus and get yourself committed to the bride of Christ. Get yourself committed, uh, plugged into a gospel-soaked community group. Again, get, get, get into a group of people who know your story and know your junk, who love you and will pray for you, uh, who will open up God's word with you and, and digest it. Uh, Thursday nights, our community group. I love it. I, I love those. That's, that's really my church. Um, and let me encourage you, get plugged into a gospel-soaked community. Find them. There are different times of the year. Doesn't work, get another one. 
but you need to be there to grow and to be a disciple for him. I remember as we sat there, what we did, we kind of dispersed the family. Uh, we were able to call for help and some people came and, and rescued the family and JP and I, we decided to be the men of the family, didn't we, JP? We hung on with a car and we kind of waited for the wrecker to come. It was interesting as we waited, uh, there was like three or four cars that came. None of them stopped. Uh, one of them pointed their headlights right toward us like playing chicken as if it was gonna run into us. I don't know what that was all about. One went real slow, kind of looking. I think they wanted to see if there was anything worth stealing. And then they saw people in the car and raced off. But I just remember waiting for one to arrive to help. Waiting for one to, that will take my burden, my dead vehicle, and load it on and drive me to safety. You know, Christ has come, and he's taken the wreckage of our lives. And that all that was dead, and says, I'm going to load it on my shoulder. I'm gonna take it to a cross so I can give you life, life in me. You know, God has come so that we could have the power to unplug ourselves from this world and to have our batteries truly charged and given life in him. He's given us a meal, a tangible reminder of what he is willing to do. He's given us, listen, a tangible reminder of the mercies of God in Christ Jesus that he wants us to feel it and taste it. To say, this is power. This is the power of my love. And I'm gonna give you this meal so you will have the power to grab the plugs of those things that are plugged into the world and pull them out. And I wanna give you the power to be plugged back into me and let my life be coursing through your veins and your soul. He says, this is such a powerful meal that we shouldn't do it in an unworthy manner. That, that if you're not his, if you don't have the life of Christ in you, don't do this. It's dangerous. Cross-wiring. But for all of us who by God's grace can say, you know what? He picked up the wreckage of my life and he hung it on the cross. And now my life is in Christ. Come to the table and be fed. Come and be plugged into Jesus so that we can have the power to live the way he wants us to live for his glory. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the amazing, amazing love you have for sinners like me, like us, spiritually dead, that your son would come. And through his death, we can receive life. Not just a revived life, not just a better life. We have the life of Christ Jesus in us, through us, for your glory. God, we're, we're, we're a beat up group. We're a forgetful group. And oh, how we need to be reminded. Remind us, God, through the bread, through the wine, of the sacrifice. Remind us that Jesus was unplugged from you, Father so that we could be wired in. Remind us that he died for our old nature so that we could have his life and a new nature in Christ. Come and feed us. And God, if there's anyone here that maybe they're starting the year off in church and I thank you for it, that are just trying to get a little bit better, God, I pray you'd show them by your grace, your son, and let them know that you're not asking for them to just improve 
you're offering them a whole new life in Christ. And today, for your, by your grace and for your glory, if there's anyone here who's yet to embrace you as Lord and Savior, may today, may now be the moment where they embrace you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. As the elders come forward to prepare the table, let me encourage you, this is time to unplug. Look into your life right now. What do you need to unplug? Do business with the Lord. What do you need to plug into?